Welcome to Business Works. This is Hal Alpiar along with Johnny Stites, and we're here today to share some information with you. Um, I wanted to start us with a, a couple of questions we had asked since the last show about the elevator pitch, if you recall that, that it should be seven seconds long. Well, that's great, but then it depends on how fast you talk. And if you talk too fast, you're defeating the purpose. So the other little parameters for that is that generally – it's generally less than 50 words. And generally, that's about a maximum of about 280 characters, so a couple of tweets worth. You might keep that in mind and maybe re-examine whatever you're doing as an elevator pitch. If you need more information on that, give us a shout. We can be reached, Hal, at businessworks.us anytime with any questions. We'll get back to you or we'll bring it up on the air. So today, we were going to talk, since we mentioned about tweets, um, <laughs> President Trump has uh, immigration support from small business owners. And we'd like to just kind of frame that and talk about that for a couple of minutes and then combine some of that thinking about what's going on right now in terms of how the immigration policies are impacting or not impacting uh, local and small business and then move shift gears from that into talking about a new term that's surfaced in the last couple of years of subject matter experts, because that involves uh, lots of you who may be listening and are experts at something or other and want to build that into a business direction, or maybe you're already well along the way with it. Johnny, uh, yeah, maybe you want to... Uh, introduce the subject here a little bit for us uh, uh, about small business owners and their response to all of what's been going on in terms of immigration policies and does that having a negative impact on our businesses and to what extent? I think a lot of what we hear out of Washington is noise. I was in business for 45 years. When, when I left, we had 125 employees doing work in six states and we had um, grown to where we were doing an exceptional job for our clients, getting a lot of repeat business. Some, in some years, 100% of the work we had was repeat business. We did not hire any illegal aliens, none. It was because our culture was that we're going to be honest with our employees, uh, with our uh, customers, and we're, that honesty was one of our core values. So you can't talk the talk and not walk the walk. How, how tempting is it? It wasn't tempting at all for me because I was looking for people who were good family men who were, div I wasn't looking for people who go get drunk at the bar on Friday afternoons and Saturdays right. and come back halfway so, ready to work. So what would work. you say to a, a small business owner today who is thinking that it's uh, going to save a lot of money to be able to hire a van load of people coming across the border who um, are not citizens here because uh, maybe he has a farm. Well, so, you get what you pay for, Hal. I mean, we've sent stuff over to China. In the old days, when I was young, we'd send it to Japan and it'd come back junk. Well, they figured out with Edward Deming's method that you get what you pay for and you can't build quality products or deliver quality services without quality people. You just can't do it. Now, is everybody that comes across not a quality person? No. But if they're breaking the law to get into our country, then in my mind, that means they're starting out from the wrong premise. 
Yes. Whatever well, your politics are, that's just a wrong way to do it. The, the, what's interesting to me, the CNBC survey monkey uh, has has done a major uh, bit of research here w- with small businesses and small business owners, and their their poll of responses from uh, over two thousand small business owners shows that in the next twelve months, people do not expect any changes in the immigration policy will have a negative effect. Or no effect. It'll have no effect. Yeah. Or it's not even close. The differences are dramatically different. Um, that basically small business is not affected by immigration to a large extent. It says that accordingly, just 17% of small business owners say immigration will have a negative effect on their business. So it is a small number there that uh, makes that kind of stand out. I don't know about tariffs and trade. Uh, what impact that may have, but maybe you have some insight on that as well. I don't know. It, well, I think Trump has it right. It, it is going to cost us something here on the short term because these other countries are going to put tariffs on us. But listen, we're $21 trillion. All the countries of Europe, England, France, Spain, Germany, Italy, Greece, Norway, Sweden, all of them, totaled up, do not equal our economy. Japan doesn't come close to our economy. China doesn't come close to our economy. They're growing, but I've been to China, and I've seen over there, most of their stuff is done by putting a 1,000 people on the project instead of with technology and innovation. And I'm, I'm not threatened by anybody from any other country that's working under any other system other than capitalism. Capitalism is based upon a sound principle because if I want to gain more money, I have to serve the most people. Sam Walton was not as wealthy as he is when he was running the Ben Franklin store in Arkansas. But when he started serving thousands and millions of people, he became very wealthy. Another example is Rockefeller when he created a monopoly in his business uh, he was able to drop the cost of of uh, heating oil and kerosene down to a level where people in the south and people in the rural areas could actually have light after dark. Most of the time they would just go to bed because it was too expensive. How these things happened is uh, really opens a door for us to uh, kind of shift gears a little bit into this direction of uh, talking about continuous knowledge management and and the process that's involved there because you're talking you're giving examples of a continuous process that's taking place that has taken place with people like Sam Walton and Rockefeller and and that today with all of the um, major changes in technology that we're looking at these continuous knowledge processes are moving much more rapidly they are growing much quicker. They are bringing new kinds of people and new candidates for job openings to the surface that we've never really experienced before. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. So don't go away. Hang in there. Welcome back to BusinessWorks. This is Hal and Johnny. Uh, we were talking about uh, the change that's happening in terms of the marketplace and particularly for business owners and operators and managers, how that impacts the 
caliber and types of people who your business is attracting. And so we want to talk about the subject matter experts uh, who are who are coming down the road. And and by the way, give some credit to uh, uh, Peggy Salvatore, uh, her blog uh, from let's say August twenty first, and it does it is about this particular shift in people. So we're going to make a couple of comments about that. Um, Johnny, you had something that you were thinking about here with the respect to this? Well, I experienced what you're talking about, this rapid change that's occurring, and it's why people matter, because people are the ones who allow you to experience the change without totally disrupting your business. When I started in construction in 1971, the knowledge in construction was doubling about every 20 years. When I left in 2015, construction knowledge, the amount of knowledge in the construction industry was doubling about every six to eight months. Wow, is that right? Yeah. So your change was is high, it was becoming a hyper change and going so fast, you had to be on board or you'd be left behind. Be very flexible, too. You had yeah. to be very flexible because yeah. you're building something the way they did 20 years ago. You're not providing your client a service. So as your organization is growing and learning and innovating, bringing new people in, what you know and what you'll need to know is constantly changing. And, yes. and you're, you may not, you may be turning a blind eye to that as a business owner or manager. You can't. Your you really competition is focused. not. You know that, don't you? Your competition is not turning That's a right. blind eye. Competition's not. So, They're going to blow by so, you. So the people who know what it is that you need to know are always changing too. And there's a whole lot that's being written. As, a, as I said, Peggy Salvatore has mentioned a few of these things. And, uh, the point is that we are adapting to the fact that learning is now, it is more on demand, it is more virtual, it is more mobile or platform uh, focused, it is more flexible, it is more bite-sized. Uh, uh, there's a bigger shift on the horizon that our next generation workers really are not the same as those who have been there in the past and in ways that will cause a major shift in training. It's because it's just not how we train that's changing. The immediacy of all knowledge also changes, and the content of the training changes. So instead of hiring people for what they know, companies will be hiring people for their ability to access what they know and how they are able to process it. That's a really big difference. So it doesn't matter whether somebody has 10 degrees. It matters whether they understand how to use what they know or how to find what they don't know and process it quickly. Um, this In education, impacts, uh, they call that being able to critically think. Right. And then address issues and problems and solve them for, for their clients. By the way, I mean, I would think this would have a lot of application as well to um, your, your experiences in the Navy. Absolutely. When we were in the Navy, we had five-inch guns that they used in World War II. And, but we did have ASROC on the ship, which was a way to find and kill a sub to protect them from the uh -huh. uh, aircraft carriers. But the military is, in some sense, they're really good at exploiting change, but other parts of it is very archaic and slow moving. Well, so that's happening to a lot of businesses as well. Um, and, and so it's, it's everywhere. It's widespread. Technology has done this. It has brought 
to the surface a whole new set of guidelines for thinking about uh, how to manage an organization, how to find the right kinds of employees, how to hire the right kinds of employees, how to help those employees to grow and develop so that it will help your business. We talked last week about the elevator pitch. Well, that's one thing. You know, you got to be able to give that to your employees in a way that they understand it and reiterate it for you in whatever it is that they are doing um, because it impacts your whole business. And there are a lot of impact scenarios here. So we're talking about companies that, that really thrive on critical thinking and strategic thinking not just that. It's really every kind of business. And I, one of the things I liked here is, uh, in this blog post is, is the paraphrasing Mark Twain that the rumors of the death of training may be a bit premature. However, the reality of the death of training as we've known it is already a fact. There are a lot of different ways of looking at the people who are working for you and how to get them up to speed as well as those who are coming in your door and applying for new situations. These are two different groups of people and they require in many cases some outside assistance. Um, and Johnny and I both do this kind of work. So we're pretty familiar with it. Um, there are different ways to train different people and depending on the circumstances, the business itself, what the need levels are, how much experience they have. Uh, these are all factors. But number one probably is receptivity and helping new and, and existing employees be more receptive to uh, training efforts that help integrate them into the process and help them to represent your business and use an elevator speech that you provide them with. Get them focused on this. How one thing yes, that happened to us in construction was construction speed increased exponentially between 71 and 2015. And by that increase, it meant you really had less time to train, but training became more important because of the technology. We went from no computers anywhere in the office or in the field to where everybody had a laptop and everybody was using it on the job site from the field manager into the office of the project manager to the accounting people. All that was integrated and tied together. It was, it took a different level of training and knowledge to operate that than it did for somebody who had a hammer in his hand. So, and our economy is figuring this out. There's a new push now for trade schools and successful people in those areas because we said that for many years everybody has to go to college well that's good but not everybody's suited for college and not everybody wants to work in an office some people want to work with their hands well, and you're applying maybe the guy with the hammer in his hand has his cell phone in the other hand that's right you know and is sending a text message while he's banging nails into something yeah you know? it, it's in, it's just different time and we have to acknowledge that and train for that and the old saying is well what happens if you train somebody spend all this money on them and they leave you've wasted all that effort well the other side of it is what happens if you don't train them and they stay? Then it hurts you as that's a company. That's a very – would you just say that again? I think that's a really 
uh, an excellent point that kind of sums up this discussion in a lot of ways. What happens if you have an employee that you train and spend a lot of money on training him right to the point that he's really making money for you, and then he leaves? And we had several people leave us and go start their own businesses in competition with us. I always viewed that as I'm doing a good thing. I'm creating new entrepreneurs. I'm creating good competitors because I taught them right. Instead of being threatened by Instead it. of being threatened I, by I, And I'm knowing you, you probably offered help to them, <laughs> I'm sure. We did. Uh, and, and the other thing that, that the other side of that is what happens if you uh, don't train somebody and they stay. That could be devastating for your right. company. So those are two things I think that are important. We're going to take a break, and we'll ask you to stay there. Don't go away. Welcome back to Business Works. This is Hal and Johnny. We've been uh, talking about the immigration policies and supporting small businesses, and then we went from there to talking about the differences that we face today as owners, operators, and managers of small businesses and professional practices. What it is that we are facing that we need to deal with Immediately, besides a, a seven-second elevator speech, how do we deal with the employee situation? We have people working for us or not. We have new people applying for jobs or not. Odds are that both of those things are happening for a lot of uh, small business owners and operators. And so how do you deal with that? Is um, There are different approaches to training and Johnny's going to uh, address a couple of those. Both of us do training, as you know, and um, it, and it's different kinds of training for different kinds of people. So that we're there's no blanket approach anymore. You you the bottom line is you can't just take uh, a training uh, CD and put it on and it applies to everybody, or go to an online training uh, seminar and think that's going to work for everybody. Even if it's a two-way, uh, you know, uh, 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 some kind of a broadcast situation, that isn't really going to solve the problem. The problem is to adapt and be able to uh, help the different individuals with different perspectives to do what it is that you need done. How maybe one of the important things is that we understand first what it is we need to train not how to do it, but what is it? And I think that comes back to the basic understanding of of the business key components, the things that make a business successful. One of those is process, documenting the process, having it well documented, and then following it. Everybody follows it. So the part of training that would be most helpful in business, I think, would be to train your people to follow the process and teach them what that process is, whether you're making widgets or you're selling soap or selling uh, um, snow cones. You you want to just have a process widgets, for doing Widgets, soap, that. and snow cones. Yeah. <laughs> want to mix. I, I try to pick something <laughs> in different areas. And once you have a process that's clearly defined, then you can be in a position of knowing what to train. And, and to me, that's critical. And and how to train them. So if, if you're running a business, the how part, um, you know, you may want to look outside and find somebody who does this uh, uh, for a career, for a profession, who trains employees for you. 
Uh, they would have to work with you. They would have to be agreeable to whatever fees, uh, situations there are. But in, in the long run, it may be a better it may be a better avenue for you if you have your hands full already, if you're not really uh, uh, ad- interested in developing and putting together training efforts and programs and steps involved. But you might want to reach outside and consider that. Um, and, and Johnny's ready if you are. And, uh, uh, and certainly I would be. It depends. You, you, can, can, you, know, you can call either of us and just talk and, and tell us what it is you're thinking about. And you're not going to get a uh, – get, you'll get a, maybe a seven-second elevator pitch, but you're not going to get a sales pitch because we're more interested in seeing um, that, that things are done right and if it is, um, if something that you feel that you could benefit by having outside help and you are able to afford it and work that out, then that may be the direction you should go. Maybe you need to train yourself more in how to um, help other people and, and, and get them to see your perspective. Well, Hal, there's one thing that's clearly identified throughout uh, this industry is that you cannot work in your business and on your business at the same time. Same time, right. You just can't do it. Right. So it's important to understand if you think you have needs in your business, get the right person. And I, I give free 90-minute uh, meetings to totally outline what we do to help businesses. And then every session day we spend with them is fully guaranteed. If yeah, they don't I, feel I do like, free 89 minutes. So, Eighty-nine so minutes. I, yeah. So I'm I'm a little better. Well, it just takes you <laughs> takes you less time to say what well, it takes. Well, because I'm older. It takes. because you're from New York <laughs> instead of here. <laughs> so the, the once you identify that you need the help, if I spend a full session day with you, it's fully guaranteed. If you don't feel like you got value, you simply just don't pay. Period. So if you are thinking at all about uh, training new people and existing people, remember that those are different situations. Uh, remember that you probably are very boxed in and busy doing a lot of things right now, uh, keeping the business going, that you may not be, may not be productive for you to r- reach out and try to do this yourself. In which case, feel free to go shop around and get some input from people who do this for a living. Um, it, you, it, it won't cost you anything to ask questions. So uh, give that a shot, and uh, we look forward to seeing you, uh, hearing you, and talking with you over this period of time. And next week we'll be back with a special guest who is truly an entrepreneur in the real sense of the word, and we'll look forward to uh, sharing that information with you. So in the meantime, have a great week, and take care, all.